Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. Thanks for listening to The Tour Coach. These are the players, coaches, experts, stories, and insights from my work on the PGA Tour at my retreats or my downtown teaching center in Mobile, Alabama. My goal is to shed light and share insights from the people who I've gotten to know and meet working on the PGA Tour and teach it through my career. And I hope this helps all of us play, coach, and teach better golf. If you like what you hear, please give us a good review and take a look at our new Dew Sweepers YouTube channel or the Dew Sweeper on Instagram, where I've taken some time to share videos of help from my teachings, travels, and journeys. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and it's one of the people that, one, has always been unbelievably generous and nice to me in the golf business, and somebody that I have tremendous respect for. His voice will be instantly recognizable, and he's one of the great teachers in the game and one of the great ambassadors for the game of golf, Michael Breed. Michael, what's up, my friend? Tony, I tell you what, I got you and I got to spend more time talking together. I haven't felt that good about myself in a long time, so I appreciate that intro. Every time I come on your show, you do the same thing. I'm like, heck, why? I had to just go hang out with Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It's a pleasure to join you. I look forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the last few years doing this podcast, getting to talk with people kind of not off the record, but you know what I'm saying, like where it's not just a 10-minute radio interview and, and just pick their brain on different ideas. And, you know, you've had so much success in the world of golf, and rightfully so. And, you know, you're always interviewing people. You're always, like, having me on and asking me the questions. I thought it'd be I, – I was just thinking about this. Like, as much as we've talked over the years, I don't really know your story and how the hell you got to doing what you're doing. Where did you start in golf, and, and how did your passion for instruction get you where you are? Well, I think, you know, I, I think the passion for instruction, and you know this, right? It is a very selfless job, but at the same time, it's one of the coolest things because what you get to do is what you love to do, and that is help people. And whether, mm-hmm. you know, whether for me helping people is hitting a better golf shot or helping them quit smoking or mm-hmm. helping them understand how to interview for a job or whatever it is, but it, it still is, it's the idea that you are, Helping somebody change their life, change their their direction. That that I, I honestly, I I I just love to do. So, you know, it's baked in that desire of wanting to try to help somebody, and then also too. And this is like you know this. I, I and I don't know this about you, but I would imagine that you are probably one of those guys that enjoys a, a puzzle, or enjoys mm-hmm. playing word games, or enjoys figuring something out. And I mm-hmm. think the cool part about instruction is uh, the understanding of, first of all, the swing itself, what affects what, and how to get a golf ball to cooperate. And then individually for each person, what is the thing or things that they have to do in order for them to be able to control the golf ball and play better right. golf? And so that's sort of the, the nuances of the golf swing and then understanding what an individual has to do to improve have been the things that sort of have attracted me to the concept of golf instruction. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, th- I think I'm the same. I don't know all of this about you, but I bet you're extremely competitive too. I mean, I'm very competitive, <laughs> right? And so when I look at like, oh, are you kidding? And and, yeah, and they're like, you know, can you fix that? Or a player, you know, and a player comes to you and it's like they haven't had success. That competitive to be like, oh, I'm going to be the guy that figures this out, right? And and uh, I, that pushes me. You know, everybody says that knows me really well. Like I'm one of the most competitive 
people they know. But I think that's a trait of people that become good at, at what we do. You have to have that, I think. And I think you also, I'd love your opinion on this. I mean, I think you also have to have deep down to do it at a high level, a pretty strong self-belief, even though you get kicked in the stomach sometimes and, and, and sometimes things don't go well. But in the end, I know that gets shaken sometimes. You still got to have a pretty strong self-belief. I think one of the things that was instrumental to me to give you this, to give the self-belief, and, and I know you do this as well because you've worked with players that have won, whether it's at a junior level at or, or at a, at a elite level, it gives you the belief of, Hey, what I think in my system, it works, right? Mm -hmm. I think the other part to teaching is coaching and understanding yeah. that there's something to say to somebody that's going to, you know, put a fire under their butt and make them practice a little bit harder or understand that they're not giving a hundred percent, that they, they think they are, but they're not. And back to this other thing about competition and success in that <laughs> mindset. If you go to anybody that is successful in anything, they are competitive with themselves and then with others. Yeah. But mostly their drive is I can be better. I can be better, right? And so you look internally and go, what did I do or what did I not do that allowed my student to succeed or not succeed? And how can I get better? What is the knowledge that I have to have that is going to help me help them put, you know, be able to pay for the lifestyle that they want to pay for, which is ultimately the way that I look at it when you're working with somebody at the professional level. No, no, I think you're exactly right. And that I think is you know, I'm listening to what you're t every time we talk, and you've been so good. You've, you've before you've given me constructive criticism, which I think is incredibly important in our business. Right, the ability for somebody to reach out to you and say, "Hey, I'm only telling you this because you know I like you and you could be good, and but you need to do this better." But I'm one of those people that always is, you know. I'm always trying to think of ways to do things better. What do I need to do next? And, but one of the things I'm trying to get better at now, you and I talked before we started doing this, is a good friend of mine, Dr. Greg Carton, and you've probably heard his name. And he, you sure. know, when I, le when I left Frederica, he gave me great advice. He said, hey, you're one of those guys that's always looking to do the next thing. You know, what's next? He's like, you need to take a year and really just, like, sit back, relax, and do a bunch of things and figure out what the heck you really want to do next. And and to me, as a teacher and somebody that's always trying to excel, that's been the hardest damn thing to do. And it seems like it'd be easy to sit back and not do as much. Well, Tony, I, I would say this, that I think that's the hardest thing for, for people in general, is to figure yeah. out. I don't think... I don't think the recipe of success is a, is a difficult one to figure out. I think the, the, the hardest thing, and I just had this conversation with a, a guy that worked for me a number of years ago. I think the hardest thing is to figure out what you want to do. And to that end, what you want to do is really what you're passionate about doing. And I think yeah. that's the hard part. That's the skill that people struggle with. Right? What am I good at? And what do I, what do I love to do? And, of course, you and I are lucky enough to, to have learned that what we like to do is really just help people. And that yeah. comes in the form of helping somebody hit a better golf shot. Take us back to the beginning of Michael Breed teaching golf. Where did you get your start doing that? And what were some of the big influences on you as a teacher? Well, I think the influences – so I go back to, to the instruction. My instruction was 
trying to help me play better golf, right? So mm-hmm. I was a, a very a very gifted athlete growing up. Um, ambidextrous, so you know I can throw a baseball. When I was young, I had two baseball gloves, and I I would mm. pitch right-handed and pitch left-handed. I would bat right-handed and bat left-handed, and so athletically, I was always confident in my ability to step onto any field and be good. Not necessarily great, but I could. I was I was good. And then the things that I that I wanted to excel in, then those were the the passions. So football and and baseball were the two things that I really kind of got into at an early age. And then I got into golf because I ran into a situation where I had an issue with my leg. And my left leg, I was in a cast for a year, and I couldn't do anything, so I I learned to play golf on one foot, and I kind of caught the bug at at 13. (laughs) And and then the game started to get a little bit more when I was confused about whether am I going to play football, I mean, whether am I going to play baseball or I'm going to play golf. And when a high school coach of mine said, hey, you know what? Uh, we're not going to take you on our trip to Florida for the baseball team. I kind of went, okay, I'm I'm going to golf. So I went over to golf, and then it was the quest of how do I control the game? Like, come up with a theory on how I get control over the golf ball. How can I, how can I get better at this? What are the things that I need to do to improve? And so that's really where the instruction came in was teaching myself of, of how to do it. And then you start to go down these paths of, hey, I'm pretty good. How can I get better? And so then you start talking to people about and you and you read books and and you get into Hogan and you learn about P- Percy Boomer and and Ernest Jones and all these others that have have come before you and eventually you get lucky and I I did I got lucky I I got hired to go to Augusta National to be an assistant there and that that helped and then and then from there I got hired to work for Daryl Kessner and after that, it was over because I, I really started to understand of, uh, I, I understood the golf swing, but what I, what I learned was I learned how to teach. And that was a big deal, right? So you understand a golf swing for you, and then you learn how to teach to others. And then after that, which is you're constantly developing that skill, then you learn how to coach, which is a, a skill that I've learned and I continue to learn by reading books by John Maxwell or John Gordon, you know, other great coaches. And then you talk. So then I kind of learned that stuff. And then my, my skill set started getting better and better and better. And then you start becoming friends with Butch Harmon mm-hmm. and Gino Ariema and, you know, individuals that have coached other sports at elite levels like Lou Holtz. And all of a sudden, these individuals become friends and they start telling you these things and you become a better coach and you understand about the importance of a certain skill set that has nothing to do with how to move a golf club. It's how to believe in what you're doing, how to teach people to, to believe in what they're doing. And then as Gino Ariema says, you know, the when to's and how to's and, and those are cool things. So, and this is the thing that I love and I know you love too is the belief that you can always get better every day that you can always get better. And then once you, once you start understanding that, then you just continue to pursue that, you know, and it's, a, it becomes an addiction. Honestly, it becomes an addiction yeah. to improve, which is, you know, it, it, does it make you competitive or like, what's, what's the right word? I don't know, but I am a, yeah. I am, I'm addicted to what Jordan said the same. I'm addicted to competition. That competition is, can I get better? 
can I figure out how to be better at whatever it is that I'm doing? And I think that's one thing that, you know, I, I tell Justin Parsons and I do, uh, and Wayne, we do this golf teacher development and Instagram page, closed group where young teachers, we do a Zoom call once a month and we just try to help guide young teachers because I, I had great mentoring coming up. And I think that's something that people need. And again, I think that one thing I don't know that people realize when they get started is that like, it isn't like you go through this certification and then you know everything or you get your book full, you know, and then you don't need to learn. In fact, to me, the people that are often the most successful and the busiest have the most students, best TV shows are the ones that are most driven and always taking time away from their schedule to go do other stuff to learn to keep getting better. It's so interesting because there's a line that I that I think at least Butch was the one who told me. I don't know whether it's that it's actually credited to Butch, but he was asked a question, and, and this is one of the things that he said to me. He said, "The key to my success was what I learned after I knew it all," and I just yeah. I just think that is one of the, the the most important lines. What I learned after I knew it all that made the difference. I think I think that's so, fantastic. I think, and that's a yeah. great lesson. And what about uh, when you first started on TV and started doing the Golf Channel show? Like, did you just instantly know you were going to be damn good at doing that? Like, because I've said this a long time. <laughs> people always talk about it, and I'm like, until you stood and you've had somebody film doing that, like, you don't know how hard that is to me. And and you. You're the best ever at doing that. Unbelievable. Like the way you handle it and you're able to take information, convey it, but also make people excited and have fun. Like was, did you just walk on that set and go like, shit, I can do this. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So no, that, that actually started a long, long time ago. So when I told you, I went to go work for Daryl Kestner. Mm -hmm. This is back in 1992. I left Augusta national at the end of the season, and I took a job that was basically a four-month job working for Daryl for that first year, and I made a whopping $12,000. And I literally said to myself, if I, if I continue to do this, I'm not going to have a long life in this, in this business. Right. So what I did was I started thinking, okay, what can I do to get out there? And I approached a local newspaper, and I said, Hey, can I write an article for you? A golf instructional article. Now, this is a paper that comes out once a week, comes out on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, I, would you have space in your newspaper for me to write an instructional column for you? And the guy went, you know what? That's great. Can you get it sponsored? And I went, great. So I went to somebody and I said, hey, can you do this? And they went, sure. What's it going to cost? And I said, it's going to cost 25 bucks uh, a week. And the guy went, yeah, I can do that for the whole summer. Yeah. So it was it was 16 weeks, right? So I started writing that. And then and that went well. And then I went to a radio station the next year, and I said, hey, I write a column for a newspaper, and I'd like to do a radio show. And the guy went, yeah, we've got time. you got to get us sponsors. So I went and got sponsors. And what I learned in the writing and then in the radio, which you know this because you've done this stuff. Yeah, the, you're familiar the harder medium is the written word and the spoken word. The easier medium is the visual. So right. what ends up happening is I do the difficult stuff first. Yeah. And then after doing that, so 
I'm still writing and I'm still doing the radio show, but now I have, I'm building this resume and all. And the funny thing about credibility, Tony, is this, that people don't, they don't take the time to research if you're any good at what you do. They just go, oh, well, you do this, you do that. You must be good at what you do. And so what was fun was when I go to Cablevision, which is up here in the New York metropolitan area, and go, hey, I have a radio show and I have a column that I write. I'd like to do an instructional tip on your Friday night broadcasts. And they went, great, because they go, this would be cool. And and we're Cablevision, so this is our news program. We want people, they're competing with the national stuff. What can get us to have a viewership? Well, an instructional tip on a Friday night broadcast will help people watch the show. So I did that for a couple of years. And then that all launched into a situation where people were watching and reading and listening. And I started getting busier with my lessons. And I Mm -hmm. one time gave this lesson to a guy who had played golf at Wake Forest and he hadn't played in a while and he hadn't broken 80 in, you know, five or six years. And after three lessons, he shoots 68. And he says, we got to get you on golf channel. And I go, okay. Like, you know, a lot of people will say to you, yeah, we got to do this. We got to do that. And you go, yeah, "Yeah, okay. So what ends up happening is he actually is, is an ex roommate of his is like the number three or four guy at golf channel. And they find out. And so he reaches out long story short, they have me on during, during masters week to do an instructional show. They used to have this two day show called golf Academy live. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a two day show and literally about a week and a half before I'm going to go down there, they say, and it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, they go, Hey, we're going to cancel the two, the Wednesday show, but we want you to sit on the set for two segments with Mark Lye and Peter Kessler to talk about masters. And it was 1999 and they had just added the second cut at Augusta national. And so they have me on and I, it was funny because you're really nervous at first. And then eventually what happens to you is you start to realize that you're having a golf conversation. And I say to Mark lie, I think that this is going to be an advantage for the players, not a disadvantage. And, and I love Mark lie, right? Complete opposite approach. Mm -hmm. And he says, he says, Michael, you're dead wrong. This is going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden that competitive juice in me takes over and I go, Mark, this ball is going to hold up. I mean, this second cut's going to hold up a ball on a hole like 14 where the property is releasing to the right. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen is a European is going to win this, is going to win this event. And the reason why is, is that this situation is going to happen. An American's going to try to hit it out of the, the second cut. It's not going to have the spin. It's going to land on the green. It's going to go over. And a European is going to chip it, and it's going to uh, going to run up onto the green. And sure enough, it's exactly what happens, and Jose Maria Olathabal wins. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I now... I'm what I call Jose Okendo, which you probably don't know Jose Okendo, but he's one of three. Jose Okendo is one of three players who played Major League Baseball 
and played every single position in one game. Only three players in the history of the game had done it, and Jose Okendo was one of those players. And I, at that moment, became an individual that could teach but could also be comfortable enough to say what they thought on television. And the second that happened, things changed for me. Literally, it changed for me. So Olafaba wins. They have me back on Golf Channel again. And then one of the individuals who's very involved with Golf Channel named Tony Tortorisi asks me a question of if I've ever done on-course commentary, which, of course, I never have done. But I said, yeah, I've done it because I've done it every single time I've watched a member guest. Right. Every time I've right. I have conducted a tournament, every time I've been out there for a club championship, I've done play by play. And so I said, yeah. So then he tried me out and that worked out. And then they offered me a job to do the golf fix eight years later. But I'd had all that experience and, quite frankly, the confidence to be able to do it, that it, it was it was pretty easy at that point because of all of the experience that I'd had prior. That's awesome. It's such a good story. And, and but going back to the radio stuff, you're exactly right about. Like, it's so much harder for me. I don't do TV like you've done, but I've been on here there. But it's it's so much easier to do that after having done radio. And I think one of the best gifts I ever was was doing the radio show, the Dew Sweepers, and then getting on PGA Tour radio because not only I had to sit and write out what I thought about instruction each day and i had to be able to verbalize it and think and make it make sense and then to sit there and talk with the best teachers in the world every week people like you and and you become friends with them kind of like you were saying and and they share insights and i mean i wouldn't be one-tenth of the teacher i am now if it wasn't for for the opportunity to do that and i think all teachers ought to at some point try to do a little radio or write some stuff because it really makes you have to think about what you're doing A hundred percent. And what you start to realize, you should realize a couple of things. One, like what you're presenting. And then two, and most importantly, how you present it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. the truth is, is that you can be the you can be the smartest person when it comes to anything. But if it is not presented in an entertaining fashion, people are going to turn it off. And your wisdom and your desire to help others is going to go nowhere. Because right. you don't know you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Because the presentation I, I, skills are so valuable. And you know, to me, you do a great job of showing that like really good information that'll help people get better doesn't have to be boring, right? Like you can do it in an entertaining fashion that's really fun to watch and engages people. Whereas, you know, before some of this stuff was always kind of monotonous, maybe boring, not super entertaining to watch. But you're definitely one of the leaders and one of the first people to make just really good, you know, some of those early golf channel shows were great info and they were great, but unless you were a golf geek, I don't know that it would draw in the 15 handicapper that's just getting, or 30 handicapper that's just getting into the game, but your passion and energy and making it fun has attracted people of all skill levels or people that are just beginning to the game, which I think is, is what we really should be trying to do. Well, I appreciate that. And I'll tell you the other thing that, that's interesting. And one of the things that as you go through the litany of stuff that's important or, or that made golf instruction challenging was the game of golf everybody perceives as very difficult to learn. And so, you know, what most golf instructors, particularly those on television, want to try to do is they want to be the smartest person in the room. They want to yeah. tell people how difficult the game is. They want to tell people all these things. And they also, they don't want to tell people to practice. 
And what I decided that I wanted to do was I wanted to tell people that the game is easy, but you have to practice. And so Mm -hmm. if you really want to get better, here's how you do it. And my goal was to say it in an easy fashion so everybody could understand it and to challenge them to the idea that it's skill acquisition. And the only way that you acquire skill is through practicing. Mm -hmm. And so those things were things that allowed me to frankly have some success because I did try to make it easy. And ultimately people went, man, this game's easy. You know, Michael, you make that. And this was the comment that they would say, Michael, you make this so seem so simple. Well, it is. If the base is to the right of the path, the ball's going to curve to the right. Yeah. You know, it's stuff like that, that that is pretty simple. So you've been doing this a while now, you, you know, through TV, radio, all the different things you have going. You've been, you've seen instruction change a lot. Do you like the direction instructions go? And what are your thoughts on that? I love it. I think one of the greatest things that is, is happening in the game of golf is the advancement of the launch monitor and the simulator. I think the understanding of effect of club and face, I mean, I mean face and path to, to the outcome of the ball um, has never been higher at the recreational level. And the reason, like the wisdom of the golfer has never been higher than it is right now. And I think guys like you, guys like Gankus, you see all these golf pros now that are doing, you know, this this podcast or radio or television or their own videos or whatever, YouTube channels and Facebook and all this other stuff. I think it is absolutely fabulous. So I'm thrilled. And to think that, you know, at some point, somehow, maybe I help somebody or inspired somebody to try to do this or be better at it or whatever is something that that gives me a a great pride it really does so you know when it's all said and done i couldn't be happier with where everything is right now in golf instruction michael it's awesome stuff and you for sure had a huge influence on tons of us one in particular me and you've always been just so gracious with your time and always nice and bringing me on the show and, and all of that stuff. And, uh, man, I just appreciate you taking time. One, this morning, I know you're busy, and it's always you got a crazy schedule. But I, I appreciate the years of, one, your friendship and, and always looking out for me and, and just keep keep kicking ass and doing all the stuff you're doing, man. It's it's fun to watch. Well, you know, Tony, I'll tell you something, and, and I appreciate those kind words. And, look, I I am a guy who, like you, you know, you go back to what's our passion, right? And and mm-hmm. ultimately, our passion is we want to help people get better. And that right. doesn't just include our students. It includes our coaches, right? Which is why you do what you do. And I will tell you that I knew of you long before I met you. I knew I was going to like you because I can tell the way you present and how you come across. It's genuine and it's real and it's the same. And you are who you are. And so I'm, I'm immediately attracted to that. And I want to see you have success as you want to see others that do what we do have success. And so for me, it has been a blast being your friend. And it is such an honor for me to think that, that you look at me as a mentor. And I have loved our conversations all the time. And to that end, you have always been 
so willing to share your thoughts and your time with me and what I do, it doesn't go un- unnoticed nor un- unappreciated. And so above all of it, thank you for, for what you do for the game of golf because you're making a difference and a big one. So thanks for everything. Michael, thank you, my friend. And travel safe, keep up all the good work, and uh, let's catch up sometime this summer. I'm sure we'll run into each other. I look forward to it. You're the best, Tony. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors, Shrikshan, Buick, Bushnell, and Vineyard Vines, for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Dew Sweepers channel on YouTube, as well as the Dew Sweeper on Instagram, or go to DewSweepersGolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.